Are you ready to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book? It's time to write your book. Welcome to the Write Hour, nonfiction tips from the Write Coach. And I'm Joyce Glass, your host. I am so glad you joined me today. Welcome to episode 303. As writers, we love to create our book, but put little consideration into becoming a brand. If you are an author, you are a brand. Your book is not your brand. You are your brand. So today, I'm excited to introduce to you Devereux Walton. She is known as the authority on authority. She is a personal brand consultant and founder of Distinct Personal Branding, a company helping women entrepreneurs increase their exposure, credibility, and revenue. Walton and her team serve clients around the world through coaching and speaking engagements. She's a graduate of Spelman College with a bachelor's degree in psychology, and she has a master's degree in business administration from Washington University. She brings corporate marketing experience from Google, IBM, and dozens of startups. Based out of Dallas, Texas, Walton is a champion for women empowerment through the power of personal branding. You'll want to check out our website. The link will be in the show notes. But right now, I want you to grab a pen and paper because you are definitely going to want to take notes. Devereaux shares some steps to find and create your brand. You'll want to listen to this episode a few times to help you because every time I've listened to it, I learn something new. So enjoy, and I hope you learn how to create your brand. All right, and welcome to the next episode in season three. We have Miss Devereaux with us today, Devereaux Walton, and I'm so glad you're here with me, Devereaux. Thank you so much for having me, Joyce. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Well, tell us a little bit about you and your journey to becoming a personal brand consultant. How did you come into this world of uh, branding. Absolutely. So I had a love for fashion growing up. And when I was in high school, my dream career was to be a fashion journalist at a magazine living in New York City. I grew up in Atlanta. So I was thinking about going to a fashion school for college. And I took a tour of Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Los Angeles with my parents only to hear them tell me that fashion was not a real career choice. So I ended up going to um, Spelman College in Atlanta and I pursued a liberal arts degree in psychology. But while I was in school, I always had that passion, that real drive for fashion and a creative field. So I was looking at different career options in college, and the first business class I ever took was Principles of Marketing. In, in that class, we actually had to do a business plan for a fictitious business, and as an all-girls school, we loved puppies, so we decided to create a dog luxury hotel, and we did a business plan on that. And so I was in the group. And we all had different parts of the business plan, and I had to do a lot of the research for the marketing portion, where I learned the four P's of marketing, product, place, price, and promotion, and I fell in love. I said, if I have to get a real job, 
I will just get a real job and this is it. It's going to be marketing. So I went on to pursue a career in marketing. I worked at agencies. I worked at some startups. I worked at some large multinational companies like Google and IBM. And along the way, I just still feel, felt like I had that calling for fashion and style. I still had that pull on the creative juices, the creative energy. So, oh, it was still there, Joyce. It was still there. And that's how you know, I think, when you have a passion that it's part of your greater purpose is when it just doesn't leave you. It's not something that's a fleeting thought or fleeting interest. It stays with you on that journey throughout life. So I was working at a marketing agency and really just wanted to do something in fashion style. And so I started styling women just initially, friends, family, and, and colleagues. And from word of mouth, that kind of grew. But I was just doing it on the side on nights and weekends. And I ended up having a lot of women during the style appointments asking me for help to market or brand their business. A lot of them were entrepreneurs. And so when they were getting styled for like a television appearance or a different conference that they were attending or speaking at, they were just wondering, you know, how they could really use marketing to leverage the brand, the power of their brand in their business. And so I would give advice and tips and then it just hit me like a wave. People are essentially a product when they're selling their time, their skills and expertise. Yeah. And so I just started digging into branding more and more to give these women advice and, and help them out to move their businesses forward. And a lot of them were working alone. They didn't have a team. So they were really solopreneurs just out making it happen. And the rest is history, as they say. I, I fell in love with personal branding, and from then on, I just knew this was it. It was a combination of all of my different passions, marketing, branding, digital, social, and styling and image. And so it was really everything packaged into a, to one lovely little combination there. And so essentially, when people say, well, what do you do? <laughs> I answer the question by saying that I help women entrepreneurs increase their exposure, credibility, and revenue without paying for advertising or public relations. So there's a really big misconception that branding is nothing more than your logo, your slogan, and the colors and fonts you use. And that is entirely untrue. That's a huge myth. And so branding is really much more about the strategy that you have for the identity of your business. And as a business owner, you are the brand, you are the face of your company. A lot of people don't realize that, but there's a lot to be leveraged and a lot to really use to help you stand out from your competitors in the space. Yeah. So it's been a great journey so far. Awesome. Wonderful. So what is one of your favorite clients maybe that you've worked with? You don't tell me their name, but like, what did you do for them? Well, one of my favorite client stories um, I have is I, I live in Dallas, Texas, and I was working with someone running for state representative in their district. And so when they came to me, they needed wardrobe, they needed messaging, positioning, and they really had a lot of ideas about different things they could say and represent, but they wanted one concise story to tell. And so that's really a, a huge common problem for a lot of women entrepreneurs is 
they are multi-passionate and how can you condense that down? How can you have one succinct way to explain who you are and present yourself to the world? And so there's a lot of self-discovery behind that, but it was such an impactful client to work with because this was the second time that client was running for state representative and they ended up winning. Um, We started working together in the fall of last year and they ended up winning um, that state representative seat. It was announced earlier. um, The election was earlier this spring. And so it was really exciting um, just to see the impact on not just that particular client and their family and their business, but I mean, it affects legislation as well. So it's really, really exciting just to see um, women embracing who they are and being able to be comfortable to share that because a lot of us aren't, we have hesitation, we have fear, we have doubt, we're worried about being judged. But when you can just fully embrace your authenticity and use that, other people will gravitate towards you because they can recognize that you're being real. Yeah. And there's a power to that. Cause I mean, like I was telling you earlier, when I really figured out what I wanted to do, where the direction I wanted to go, it was this boost of inner energy that I had not had before because I had in my heart of hearts, I knew I was going the right direction. I knew I was doing the right thing with writing and just seeking out the different paths. And so I get that. Well, you've talked about it a little bit, but just give us um, briefly, what is personal branding? If we, you know, need to do this as authors, what is it that, what would you call about it briefly? And then we'll say, then we'll, the next we'll go into what specifically authors need to do for branding. Absolutely. So I define a personal brand as your sense of identity. Those are the characteristics that define who you are and your sense of individuality. Those are the characteristics that distinguish you from others. So your personal brand is really about you defining, embracing, and sharing who you are and how you want to be recognized. What people don't realize is if you don't take the time to define how you want to be known, other people will define you for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's very proactive in the approach of how you're crafting your perception in the public eye. And for authors, especially that want to scale and be national or internationally known, it's, it's a great way to really give them that spotlight and that space to shine where they can really embrace and leverage who they are. So it's that combination of defining yourself and distinguishing yourself from others. Okay. And as authors, what is um, something that we need to do for personal branding that may be a little bit different than somebody who's just in, has their own consulting services for a state representative, you know, what, what do authors need to do that may be a little different with personal branding? So for authors specifically, one thing I really advise as far as personal branding is to find a way that you can have a communication channel with your audience in addition to your books. Of course, your books are, are your products, but some authors, they like to speak, so they really enjoy live events and engaging with large groups. Other authors prefer to have smaller groups or more intimate settings where they can connect with a smaller number of people but still have that face time. 
other authors really enjoy engaging on social media or having a way to connect and interact with their audience. But you, you have to have a way to have a platform to really connect with your readers and your audience that are your fans in addition to just your books. So whether it's live events, whether it's online with social media, but having a way where you can really show your personality and just connect with your audience is going to be a great way for you to continue building your platform and your profile. Yeah. And I think it's, it's still kind of, I mean, with basic marketing that know, like, and trust, if they know you, I know when I know more about an author or even somebody with the business, a business, if I know a little bit about them personally, I'm more apt to stay a loyal customer because I have that connection with them and I get to know them just a little better than I did before or somebody, you know, or a major brand, you know, yeah, I might could go to the big box store and get the same thing, but because I know Bob over here, runs this business and I know his wife and his family and I want to help him, I'm going to go shop at Bob's store instead of the big box store kind of thing. And I think you're saying the same thing with authors is making that personal connection with your readers, then it's going to give that loyalty a little bit more strength to it because they feel like they know you and they're hanging out with you kind of thing. Is that what you're going for? Absolutely. And I mean, it bridges the gap. So for authors that, you know, have multiple books, having a platform and having a way to connect with your audience will give life to the different books that you have and really have that connective thread across the different books that you have out in the market. And so I, I think it's really important to make sure that you've got something that people can can feel emotionally in, in person, whether they're interacting or connecting with you online or in person. But in addition to the tangible book they can hold in their hand, having a way to really have that personal connection, that personal touch, because it does build rapport and it builds loyalty. And what tends to happen is when people feel like they know who someone is, they're much more connected to them. And so similar to what you said, you would be more willing to go to Bob because you know he runs that store with his family. You also are probably more willing to tell your friends, hey, Bob is amazing. Don't go to Best Buy, go to Bob. Right. So that's really how you can increase your platform and increase your audience as well. And we see it all the time with some of the big household, well, becoming household names. Um, you know, a lot of different life coaches, life strategists, business coaches that are just putting themselves out there. They are really allowing people to get to know them. And it's not just through their work, but through their life and through their personality. And because of that genuine connection, they're instantly loyal. Right. Definitely makes a difference. Well, tell us, what are some of the top three ways that we can start working on branding? So if maybe a, a lot of my listeners are new authors, but not necessarily all of them. Um, so if either start working on it or if they need to build on it, what are some, the top three things that we can do? Sure. So the first thing I'd like to share is that there are three essential ingredients to a powerful personal brand. 
The first is passion. You've got to have that passion, that enthusiasm, that energy. And if you like something but you don't truly love it, go with what you love and lead with that strength because when you have that passion, it'll really fortify and motivate everything else that you're doing. So the first thing is passion. The second thing is authenticity. It's truly important that you are able to get comfortable, get vulnerable, opening up and letting your guard down so that other people can really get to know you. And just be real. Just be you. A lot of people that are emerging do look at established competitors and they mimic what they see but that's not the best way to build your brand. Your brand needs to reflect you, your personality, your thoughts, and your individual characteristics and qualities. And so it's got to be personal, right? Right. So you want to be authentic. That's really, really important. And I think that's one area a lot of emerging entrepreneurs and authors really fail to capitalize on is just being truly genuine and authentic in what they do. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is to be consistent. So the third ingredient of a powerful personal brand is that level of consistency. When you show up giving 110% of your energy, you have to always give 110% because the day that you show up and you give 20%, people will know and it will tarnish your personal brand. So you have to be consistent. It's truly, truly important to do that. And that's across your um, marketing assets. It's across your social media. It's across anything that you're doing, your products. Um, So just having that level of consistency is definitely crucial. The second thing I would say is to define your it factor. Everyone has one and it may take some self-discovery to find out what it is, but everyone has an it factor that really sets them apart from others. And that's something that you can leverage and use. When I work with my clients, I work with all personality types, introverts, extroverts, people that are goofy, women that are more serene, a little bit more soft-spoken, I work with all types of women and there is, there's no right or wrong answer. Whatever your it factor is, is whatever it is. You just find it and you use it and then you can capitalize on that to really grow your brand. And then the last thing I would say is, you know, it's just important to make sure that you're where your audience is. And this just comes down to, um, you know, some research and some marketing to have a strategy, but a lot of people think they need to be on every single social media platform that exists, and that's incorrect. <laughs> that's going to tire you out and just give you a lot more work than you really need to do. The most important places where you need to be are wherever your customers are. So getting to know who you serve, who your ideal clients are, and then making sure you can get in front of them is really important to building your brand. Definitely, definitely. And I, I did try that at first to go everywhere. And I realized quickly that that was not the best plan. And so I focused um, on two and then I've added a third in, in time since I got more comfortable. But like for me, my biggest focus from social media is Facebook. That's where I get the most interaction. That's where I have a group. That's what works for me. But I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and I get some interaction there. I'm just not a fan of Twitter. Being a woman of many words, Twitter is, I find, confining. <laughs> it's like, well, where's the rest of the message, you know? Or I can't put say everything I want to say in one tweet. I got to do another one. 
<laughs> so I Twitter is not my favorite, but I have made some good connections on there. So again, it's fun. Like you said, finding where it works for you and where those people are for you. So I appreciate that. So give us a quick review again of the three um, ways. I know that there was the it factor and the last. <laughs> so there's three ingredients to a powerful personal brand, passion, authenticity, and consistency. Yes. So that is number one. Number two is define your it factor, define it, embrace it, and leverage it. Number three is be where your audience is. You don't have to be everywhere all the time, but be where your audience is. Definitely. And what I was going to say about consistency, and this is something I did B-School last year with Marie Forleo. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I am. (laughs) But she, you know, her big thing was about being consistent with your content. And so I really made a commitment last year and I did it. I had a blog post every week for the right coach. And then when I started the podcast, then I have a podcast every week when I'm doing the season for the six weeks. And then I take like two or three weeks off and before, while I'm preparing for the next season. So I've stayed consistent with that. And that has really helped not only me, but I think it's really helped my brand too, because people know, Hey, new content's coming or what is she talking about this week? I want to know. So that really does make a difference in, in your work and just also just being out there, you know, because you're seen and they may not see everything you do, but they see you being consistent. Consistency goes a long way. From a branding perspective, it does mean a few things. So one is that you are consistent in your image. It's really important to keep the logo the same (laughs) unless you redesign it. But what I'm saying is don't have 10 different logos for 10 different weeks. Um, You know, keep your logo the same, use the same colors, the same fonts, have that consistent image in terms of how you're presenting your business but also being consistent in your content with the days and and times that you're posting. Because what tends to happen is on different mediums, for example, YouTube, a lot of your subscribers may almost think of your show as like a television show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, what's a show on TV? So like, for example, um, you know, Family Matters, They may show a Family Matters episode at 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. You don't necessarily need to have five days a week, but you should have the same day and time for your content. So do that as much as you can. Keep the image and the look consistent. And that's something I see a lot of people fail at all these women entrepreneurs. They just, they don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So once you're aware of it, just making sure that you keep, an eye on on top of that because your branding is important so that if you look the same way every time you're presenting your business when you do share something about your business people instantly can connect to know it's you and not a competitor right and they're not figuring like oh who's oh that's her (laughs) they didn't know but but yeah and about the the time like I release on Thursdays my podcast and that also helps me because then I know mm-hmm. I have a self-imposed deadline to make sure that my work is done. 
for, and everything's ready to go out on Thursdays. And there have been many a night, I have been up till 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, getting it finished because, you know, if I have a glitch with something or just didn't have time during the day and it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm finishing everything up, you know, I do it and it, and it helps. And sometimes that's the sacrifice you have to make or those that are much better at scheduling their time than me um, <laughs> may have it done ahead of time. So, but that's what I am trying to do with this one. Now, I, um, are you familiar with Amy Porterfield? I am. I am. Love her too. And one of her things, and I did it for season one and it worked great with batching and I'm working on it for season three. Season two went haywire on me because um, I was just life and I had conferences and stuff going on. And so I could not get ahead. So I was running behind and I remember kept, every week I was like, I am not doing this next week. <laughs> And the next week would roll around and stuff would happen and it would be 10 o'clock on Wednesday night and I'm still hustling to get it done. So the goal is this season, we're not going to do that. We're going to get it done ahead of time. So It's a new season, the season of batching. There you go. The season of batching. So what mistakes do you see uh, with authors that are, they're making when they're trying to brand themselves? Um, have you noticed any consistencies um, on, mistakes that they make or things that you would see that you might tweak for help them tweak? Well, one of the biggest things is that I don't see authors really putting themselves out there enough. The books are, are your product. And so you allow that to stand for your brand and it's a huge part of your brand. Absolutely. But that's not all of it. You've got to share who you are and be more engaging with your audience. There's a lot of authors that I see maybe they don't want to, they're not comfortable with it. It feels a little weird. It feels uncomfortable. Um, but you know, there's creative ways to do it. So like I said, even if you wanted to do small events with keeping it exclusive to have 20 people or less or 10 people or less, and then it's sold out, whether you do free tickets or paid tickets, but having a way to connect with people because that's going to help you increase the awareness for your books. It's going to help increase the sales for your books and also just the awareness for you as an author is to just put yourself out there. I think a lot of people don't do it because it's uncomfortable, but it's always worth the sacrifice. And I always say success never comes easy. It's always going to push you beyond your limits. Right. And I agree. A lot of authors that I talk to, they're like, you know, marketing and branding is just a whole different ballgame and they're scared to death. Or some of them, like you said, just have no clue and don't know what to do and they're not really researching it. And they think, you know, well, I threw my book together and it's great and it may be a masterpiece, but if people don't know who you are, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You've got to get out there and let them know who you are. So I definitely agree and could see that. So how can you as a personal brand consultant help an author? Absolutely. So the way I typically work with my clients is I help them to completely transform their brands. And so for every client, the main goal is to take their brand to the next level. Now for clients that have done nothing at all with their branding ever, that means creating a brand strategy for them. 
So we define who you are. We integrate your personality, your it factor, your values, and your expertise and skills into your brand and really leverage that through your communication strategy and your marketing assets to increase your promotion. Now for other clients that do have brands, but they just need to maybe rebrand or they just are not getting as far as they would like to with their current brand, it's a, a complete 360 to most of the times it ends up being to consolidate because a lot of entrepreneurs focus on trying to reach many different types of audiences right. and have many different types of products and services. And so for authors specifically that do have a brand, but it just does not really represent or reflect who they are, or they just really want to simplify it to make it easier to maintain or help them to reach their goals of, of selling more books and really increasing their profile. It's a matter of being strategic to really identify where they should be plugged in, which communities, which associations, which publications can they get featured in so that they can increase that visibility. So there's almost two different stages based on where someone is in their brand. It's the initial creation or it's taking it to the next level and, and really pushing the exposure and the visibility for that particular author. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. It sounds great that you would be a great help to any author. And of course we'll have your information in the show notes um, and the links that, that if people want to get in touch with you, they can, and you can help them with that. But um, before you go, give us some words of advice and encouragement you would have for writers who maybe struggling to even figure out what their brand is, what advice would you give them? Well, for authors, a lot of times you just don't think that you need to spend time on having a brand or developing your brand. And, you know, what I would really encourage you to do is to make that time investment and really think through and brainstorm, you know, your it factor, defining how you want to be perceived and just taking the action to put it into place. A lot of people can spend time thinking about great ideas and brainstorming and all the different things they could possibly do, yet they don't execute and that's where they fall short. And so for a lot of authors that just feel like they're stuck, they can't get to the next level, just know that next level is there it's waiting on you and you just have to do the action, step out on faith, take the leap and just put yourself out there so that you can reach the people that are essentially waiting for you to find them. Definitely. And I think that's a great idea that um, you just need to write down what all these great ideas and then figure out backtrack. Okay. What can I do today to work on social media what can, what is my messaging? What is my if factor? Do I have an if factor? And I and, and you may want to explain that just a little bit more. The it factor is kind of just what sets you apart from other writers in your genre, uh, that kind of thing. Is that what you're looking at? Absolutely. So the it factor, I mean, everything is relative. So you really can define it for how you want to define it. It could be what sets you apart from other writers. It could be your what's your what number one personality quirk 
or it could be what's the one thing you want to be known for. Your it factor, you get to control what that is. But for example, when you think of certain people, you, you usually have an association. Elon Musk, innovation. Steve Jobs, creativity. Um, you know, usually a lot of people do have one or two key things that they're known for. And so just defining what you want to be known for and then making sure that you are communicating that story to your audience will help you to really stand out and shine from your competitors. Yeah. And I, the way I think of it too is think of it almost from a legacy aspect. Um, we attended a funeral this past weekend and you know, they were talking about all the things that he had accomplished in his life and what he was known for. And think of it that way is, okay, if you died today, what would people know you for? Or if you're not known right now, what you would like to be known for, what do you want to be known for? And how can you work towards that? And if you think of it, like I call it the legacy factor of what do you want to leave a legacy of and how can you be known for that and like I was reading um, today too about uh, Mr. Rogers you know the movie is out and it was talking about his legacy and what he was known for and he is still making an impact what kind of impact do you want to make on the world and when you're gone do you do you want that impact to continue on and how could it continue on whether it be through your business, through your family, through friends that continue on, what is it, that kind of thing, that I think that could help people figure out their it factor. Because, I mean, I know for me, it was an, actually another funeral I went to that, it's funny, and it may seem kind of morbid, but it happens, everybody dies, um, <laughs> that you think about it, who you want to be, how you want to be remembered. And I remember going to this one funeral about this woman and thinking, this is how I want to be remembered. They were celebrating her life and all the things she did. And I was like, this is the how I want to be remembered of the good things that I did and how I helped people and encouraged people. And that is a great way, in, like you said, then to write it down because there's, there's power in writing it down. I mean, have you written things down that really then eventually they came true and you forgot that you even wrote it down? Oh, I'm totally into affirmations, Joyce. I say things, I have sticky notes, I write them down. You can totally speak your existence into reality. Absolutely. Yes. So I think, you know, writing it down, it, it, it somehow ingrains it into your body and into your brain. And your brain will seek out how to bring this about. How can I make this happen? And when you do that, you open up a new world for yourself. And that's how it is. And it's not something that happens overnight. And it's something that you'll work on, I feel like, all of your life. You know, that you're going to be working on your brand. It's just, it may morph as you mature or your tastes change or whatever. But it's something that will all there's always this essence of you and then there's things that you become too. 
it does evolve it absolutely does and if I can say one more thing Joyce um, a lot of people have really amazing goals they want to accomplish but I talk to so many entrepreneurs that really are at the end of the day afraid of achieving what they want they're afraid of success they are fearful of getting on the TED stage they're fearful of doing the training for 5,000 people they're fearful of being on the cover of a magazine. They want it, but they do not actually want to do what it takes to get there and to accomplish it because accomplishing it takes them out their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have to realize that you are not going to be in your comfort zone as a successful entrepreneur. That's just that's not how it works. So if you are more committed to your dreams than your fear, you can make anything happen. Definitely. I agree. Well, Devro, this has been wonderful and enlightening and helpful even for me to learn and grow. And that's what I love about doing this podcast is each person comes in and brings information that helps me grow in my business as well as helping my listeners. So I appreciate you sharing your wealth of wisdom with us and and not everybody can see you, but I can see her smiling face here. We're recording via Zoom. So um, you're missing out on that trait, but you'll get to see her picture. So thank you again. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much, Joyce. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me today on the Rhine Hour, nonfiction tips from the Rhine Coach. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen on your favorite app each week. Leave a review and let others know how they can learn about the craft and business of writing. It's time to write your book. Music